Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to your latest Wolves Fancast match preview. As always, I'm your host, Little Dan. I've got with me two new guests that are joining the Fancast ranks tonight. I've got with me uh, Twitter sensation, Dean Marsden. That's Gav, not me. <laughs> I've got an even bigger intro for Gav in a second. Uh, and obviously, Gav Daliwala. Um, below, uh, guys, welcome to the Wolves Fancast. I'm going to ask you both the, the questions that we ask new guests every time they join us. Gav, come you first. Yeah. Who's your favourite Wolves player that isn't Steve Ball? Do you do you remember much of Steve Ball playing, Gav? You're only a youngster, and you're 25. Oh, oh, yeah, 25. So I was born in 98. I'm not too sure when he retired, to be honest. Was it about 98 then? 98, 99, I think, around that time. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Just all yeah. YouTube highlights for you then. Yeah, basically, yeah, more or less. Uh, so for me, it would be someone that I grew up with that would be quite uh, late, to be honest. Uh, as a kid, he was like the... You know, when we were chasing playoffs and stuff, under Mick McCarthy, he was like the main man, weren't he, really? With Ebanks Blake. Um, so, yeah, mine's uh, Michael Cotley. Yeah, Cotley and Jarvis, that promotion season was seriously electric yeah. on on those wings for us. Um, what's your favourite Wolves away day that you've experienced that isn't like a big one, like the you know the playoff final or you know, Europe? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been to the playoff final either, to be honest. Um, hold on, yeah, I've been about five then. I think for me, it would have been um, Torino was a good one. I think some of the some of the European games were were class, to be honest. I mean, uh, Besiktas was, you know, it was a good result, great result, great city, and the atmosphere there. The fans were crazy, whistling throughout the whole game. Um, but I have to go with Torino, to be honest, personally. I was on BBC WM before um, the show tonight, talking about obviously the weekend's games, and there were some Villa fans. Um, talking about how their sort of ticket policy for their upcoming European games has been a bit difficult to get. Basically, people who've had a season ticket for like one year and getting like the same priority levels as people who've gone like home and away for years. And I literally said to them, even if you can't get a ticket, just go and see your team play abroad. Because like the experiences that I had when Wolves in the the Europa, I went to the games, but I had mates come with me who haven't even been to Wolves away games in like the Premier League, never mind in Europe, but just go enjoy the experience. It's like you never know when you're going to taste it again. Hopefully we'll get there. Uh, one day. Dean, I come to you with your questions. Who's your favourite Wolves player? Is it Steve Ball? See, I'm probably going to... I think you might have to exempt Ruben Nevers moving forward as well. Um, but to go back... We are, we are at that age bracket now where obviously yeah. when, uh, when Josh joined us in Dublin for the Celtic pre-season friendly, basically yeah. he, just made, he made me feel like I was <laughs> in the Ron Flowers era. He made me feel that oh. old. Yeah, he was so bad. Like I had to put his passport information in. I'm like 2002. I'm like, mate, give give over. But for <laughs> me, a bit left. It's probably Cameron, Colin Cameron, because when I was at school, he was the the Wolves player at the time. I was like, you know what? He's small. He's a centre attacking mid. It was me. So I was like, you know what? Colin Cameron's my favourite player. But yeah, I think it was Cameron. And away day, if you allow it, it's got to be the 10k to MK. Yeah, because it was just like mayhem. 
utter bonkers. Obviously, Luke, who's on the uh, the fan cast with us, we had uh, uh, a minibus pick us up from uh, the Swan in Darleston. Broke down as soon as he got in the car park, and we ended up getting a, a nine-seater taxi from Darleston to Milton Keynes with like thirteen of us in it. I'm only like five foot three. Was in like the, the footwell of people in the, on the taxi. <laughs> yeah, bonkers away. One of the worst games of football that that we saw in that League One campaign. But like you said, the atmosphere that day was was bonkers. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Wolves and Villa game. Uh, a bit later on, but thanks for joining us on the Wolves Fancast. That Wolves Fancast is across all social media, part of the Audi Network and our main sponsors, the Boston Coffee Company. It's game week eight of the Premier League this weekend, and um, obviously some big fixtures there. Luton kick off the weekend at home to Spurs, Burnley, Chelsea, Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Sheffield United, Man United at home to Brentford, and Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest is the uh, Saturday evening kickoff. I'm telling you, that's going to be a uh, one that I don't think I'll be making the effort to watch. Uh, Sunday, Brighton at home to Liverpool, West Ham, Newcastle, and then the Super Sunday fixture, uh, Arsenal at home to Man City. Looking at those fixtures there, Gav, uh, who's your banker to win this weekend? I think it's got to be United. I think, you know, the, the, even though they've had a bad run of form, it's like you're waiting for them to, to turn the tide, really. And they're always going to nick a win somewhere, aren't they? So I think Brentford at home. I think I think they've got to win with all the pressure that they're going to be under having lost the last couple of games. Um, I'd have to put United, yeah. I think Eric Tenag is under massive pressure at the moment, similar to yeah, what uh, Gary O'Neill has been under recently. Is that you've got to give this guy time, but the longer he doesn't get results, and it's even bigger expectations for Man United. They don't win like two games; it's like the end of the world. Never mind, like not yeah. being a title race for like nearly coming up to like ten years or whatever it is now. It's yeah. it's a big it's a big struggle for Man United. I love to see it to be honest, but <laughs> let, let us know in the comments section if you love Man United's demise. Uh, Dean, where's your money this weekend? Spurs for me. Um, they look so good under Ange. I just think Luton, they'll try and dig in, but I just think that Madison, Son, they'll just have too much for them. I think they'll steamroll them three or four in the end. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult season for Luton. Obviously, uh, the, the Paul did back to one all against us and you thought Classic Wars was going to appear. We was going to throw away the uh, the point, but yeah, Luton are going to struggle this season. They don't seem to have much firepower and like the defence, like Tom Lockyer, and just, they ain't Premier League standard, are they? Um, I'm going to go a bit, maybe a bit bonkers this weekend. I think the banker this weekend is Arsenal to beat Man City. Uh, I just, I, I've just got a feeling. Um, Arsenal have been pushing them the last like um, couple of seasons. Man City, I don't think are the same uh, team without Rodri in that in that midfield. Um, Haaland doesn't seem to be hitting the form that he did last season yet. Man City could easily, easily turn up and steamroll Arsenal, but I just think Arsenal ha- at home, their fans behind them, the fact that they've been pushing Man City, I feel like Man- Arsenal are going to try and put a mark against, try and get back in that title race on, on Sunday, and that's why I think Arsenal will, will just about edge it. It's going to be another if big Saka's win. fit for me with the, the City game. If Saka's fit, I think like, Arsenal are probably will win it, but yeah. he's, like, he's like, what, 50-50, 75 at the minute? So he's a massive loss for them. He was touch and go last week as well, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure. Mm. He's gone off the last two games with an injury. It's like, I'm not sure what Mikel Arteta's thinking. I mean, they ended up losing to Lons 2-1 in, in the week. And did he yeah. really need to play in that game? Obviously, Mikel Arteta thought he needed a strong enough side to beat Lons. But just to risk a long-term injury for for, for Kyle Saka, which it, it might end up being, just seems a bit naive to me. But that's how how heavily um, he'll probably play him. Arsenal, isn't he? He'll probably play him, bring him off after an hour, so that he pulls out of England duty. 
<laughs> it's another thing as an Arsenal fan you've got to be massively frustrated that he's been called up but it's a difficult one isn't it I think one of the informed players for me we'll talk about in depth uh, now because we'll talk about Wolves Villa is, is Ollie Watkins who's made his yeah. return to the England squad I think it, he'll be a massive um, play a massive part in this game on, on Sunday one of the dilemmas that we put out on the Wolves fancast Twitter earlier is uh, for you, Gav, would you would you keep the same team or would you revert back to a back four? I'd have to stay with the back five, to be honest. I mean, <clears throat> just seeing how, how Villa set up, I'm pretty sure they play in a similar formation to how Man City do in terms of the uh, the four two three one. Um, so it it'd be like a, a replica of what we did last week. Really, I think the whole setup, the whole the whole tactics, the way we went about it, it should be should be exactly the same. Obviously, it's Villa, not not Man City, so we're going to be expected. To come out a little bit more, but um, I think if we can have the same game plan as we did last week, I think I think you can't go wrong. I think if Dawson can stay on Watkins again, like he did in Haaland, I think uh, everything will just fall into place, really. Yeah, I'm I'm of the impression I feel I feel we need to keep that um that back five yeah. again. I think we need to stop any of these sort of passing passages either side. Watkins wants to play on the on the shoulder, doesn't he? Of these centre backs, so if if yeah. Totti and Kilman can like sort of crowd him out, I think that's. That's the way forward. I'm not sure on the um, the, the fitness status of DRB and Kamara, but from the games that we've seen so far this season, if DRB does play on Sunday, Sunday is going to be a massive danger, isn't he, Dean? I think so. Um, that's where you're looking for Lamina to do a job on him. Um, the back five makes so much sense at the minute. Because Watkins gives you that. He's that threat in behind and he wants to stretch. So if you've got that, Zaniolo and McGinn naturally come in. But one thing about Brighton is when Villa played Brighton, sorry, they played a really high back line. Yeah. So that then gives us a bit more opportunity over the top with the pace we've got to look to then kind of exploit that the same as what we did against City. So like Gav said, it's pretty much a log for log on the tactics board for O'Neill. Yeah, that that front three, I don't think can be changed, can it, Gav? I feel nah. like there's, there's still a lot of people who've got the jury out for Cunha as a number nine, but for me, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. I think obviously everyone's going to look at his his goal record at the minute, and obviously it's not for a number nine and how much we paid. Uh, people are going to be asking questions, but you know what he did for Huang's goal, that's that's exactly what he's in the team for, isn't he? Just to like link the play, try and get Neto and Huang involved. He's a bit like what Firmino was to Liverpool, wasn't he? You know, yeah. if, if you think Salo is um, Huang in this situation, Neto being Mane. You've got like the uh, the false nine in Cunha, essentially, just to get Neto and Huang into the game. So, yeah, yeah I think they'll call it all sorts of problems for Villa, hopefully. I had a bit of a, um, how do I word it, uh, I'll do it politely, a verbal battle with some Villa <laughs> fans on the back, uh, on, on the train last night from Birmingham. Obviously, they beat... Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. The Bosnian lads. Najinsky Mostar, I believe I'm, I'm going to have an attempt at. Uh, <laughs> when, I got, when I got to Birmingham New Street in the evening and saw like 400 of them on New, on New Street platform, I thought, oh, I don't want these to start. I was glad I was getting off the train and not on the same train <laughs> as they were. They all looked game. 400 ball Eastern European tattoos <laughs> on the necks. It just, all it needed was just one punch. I felt like the whole of New Street was going to go up. They brought an absolute atmosphere to to Villa Park tonight. Did you see much of the game, Dean? I saw clips. I was watching the Fiorentina game. Um, that tends to be the games I watch, but I watched the highlights back because I knew that obviously we got the pod, so I had a little listen and then a little watch of a few videos and stuff. But 
first of all, can I just say how Tim Pot Villa are because the <laughs> empty seats that were there. Um, your first game back in Europe for how many seasons and you can't even fill it. That, that, that's a joke in itself. But they're just like, they just didn't really look that creative going forward. If you compare it to Brighton, they didn't really create much. So I don't know. Is that a blueprint for us to sit back and go on the low block? I don't know. Yeah, from the, the bits that I heard on the train on, on my way home last night and, and the bits that I listened to on BBC WM earlier, they, they, they felt the first half was really lacklustre. Like you said, didn't really create much. Second half, as soon as they brought on the big guns, um, Ollie Watkins, Douglas Louise, I can't think who the third one was who they mentioned, but he said that they were a different team once once Ollie Watkins was on leading the line. I think they had uh, Leander Dendonka and Yuri Tielemans in there in their midfield and like they, they mentioned on the radio earlier that neither of them have got much mobility and the Bosnian side um, had a game plan which they, they executed well obviously they lost it deep into injury time but hopefully the fact that Villa had to, to bring on the big players and had to spend a bit of energy to get that win hopefully will we'll play to our advantage Gav yeah yeah I mean I had a look at the the lineup I think they had six of or six or five or six um, players that started the Brighton game Obviously started this game, um, so I think they, they they must have rested Diaby Watkins. Uh, Diaby's still a fitness doubt at the moment. He's been injured. I think he, he got he came off injured against Brighton, and they haven't. Yeah. Unai Emery's yeah. been a bit reluctant to to mention in press conferences how bad an injury it is. Trying to keep his cards think, close to his chest, isn't he? Yeah, I think he mentioned Diaby and Kamara will be. I think he said they'll train with the team tomorrow. Then they will make a decision on how they kind of. Come out the back of that. They'll be fit. They'll they'll play on Sunday. Yeah, I'll, I'll if, they, yeah. if them training tomorrow, you 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 imagine on that they'll feature at some point. While they obviously Douglas yeah. Louise has been one of their their better midfielders for the last two years. Kamara has been brought in on a on a relatively small value compared to the rest of the transfer market in the last couple of years. He's a decent midfielder. I still don't like John McGinn, but Villa <laughs> fans rave about him. Don't they? I think he's a sort he's of player. Like, he, he, yeah. yeah, he's just he just runs his socks off, doesn't he? Yeah. Just a workhorse, isn't he? That's and sometimes that's what you need in a team, don't you? Most of the time. Let's see. I think obviously Villa have got that sort of option to go to a to a midfield free flat. I think McGinn does yeah. try to cover the right hand side, but he will like to come in on into the centre, which hopefully leaves Eight Nori and, and Pedro Neto overloading on on Matty Cash. Just how impressive you've been with uh, Pedro Neto this season, Gav? Oh, he's been class, hasn't he? I mean. I think we saw in that that COVID season what what he's capable. That was the potential that we saw, didn't we? In in that COVID season, and obviously that he's had a few injuries here and there since then. And um, I mean, last season I, I was I lost a bit of faith in him. I'll be honest. Just just having watched him, he, he didn't look quick. He didn't want to take. He was scared to take people on, wasn't he? Even at the start of the season when we played Everton, and he's one on one with Ashley Young, and you're thinking. Go on, have a go. You know what I mean. Just have a yeah. run at him, but he, he didn't. He didn't want to know. He just tried to. He kept on cutting inside, and fair enough, he cut inside, put the cross in for Kolaizic, and that's how we scored the goal. But the first couple of games, he looked. He looked scared, but now he. I think he's full of confidence. He just. He, he wants to take everyone on now, doesn't he? he? Takes three, four players on. He don't care no more. Yeah, I remember going to the the Benidorm preseason. Uh, start of last season and he looked yeah. sharp in that preseason then a few weeks into the yeah. game I think he had a really good game I think he was at home to to Fulham I think we drew nil nil Mitrovic missed the penalty he looked sharp that day and then he picked up another injury he just he, just, he never got back to to, no. to sort of firing on all cylinders did he last season Dean no I don't think so but I think this is the first time he's actually fully fit and he kind of he backs himself again now and 
he's actually been vocal about O'Neill and O'Neill's come in and said, look, you're my main man now. You need to step up. And he has, he's like, I think um, Matt Hobbs mentioned it in his recent interviews as well, that Pedro's stepping up on and off the pitch. So it's, he's seeing that and he's showing it. He's leading by that example. He's filling that little gap that Neves filled where he wasn't very vocal, but with Pedro, he's this big personality as well. So if he's firing on all cylinders and he's up for it, he's going to bring everybody else up with him, I think. If anyone out there hasn't listened to the uh, Wolves Weekly episode with the interview with Matt Hobbs, I implore you to go and listen to it. I was really impressed with with what came out of that episode. I feel that, I've been saying it recently, Gary O'Neill needs to be given time. It is difficult to give a manager time when he's not picking up results, but the, the win over Man City gave him a bit of respite. And if he can sort of um, initiate a game plan, which scuppered Man City last weekend, I think he deserves more time. Um, yeah. And like... You were all the things that Matt Hobbs came out with regards to what the one line that really stood out for me was the the club had finally got hold of their recruitment, which yeah. just it, it just led to the, the the fact, didn't it, that they've just gave Jorge Mendes so much free reign over the last few years, and for, for me, on the back of this last summer transfer window, it feels like we're, we're heading in the right direction if we can, you know, just get comfortably steady this season, then we can go again in the summer. Who's not, who knows yeah. where we can go under Gary O'Neill because obviously he has got ideas. He has mentioned. A lot of these players have, have been playing off the cuff recently. Yeah. And if they can start listening to his game plan, um, who knows where we can end up. You've mentioned sort of the um, uh, Pedro Neto's sort of become a bit of a key player in the dressing room on the back of that interview. Another player that's really informed at the moment, Gab, is um, Huangi Chan, another goal last yeah. weekend. I think Dean just mentioned about how Neto's fully fit. Huang looks fully fit for the first time in a, in, in all gold. Yeah, and you know what? He's just he's just out at the right time at the right place, isn't he? Every time, all the time. And even though if if you look at his like his montage of Wolves goals, they're not exactly the cleanest, but it doesn't matter, does it? He's just there at the same at the same at the right place at the right time. And also you can ask, we've had you know, we've had two years of having no strikers in the box. You know what I mean? Ultimately. So um, you know, he's getting into the positions and he's another one where, you know, against United when uh, he was up against Wambisaka, he actually took him on. He actually went past him a few times. And that's something we never saw last season. So like, you know, he looks fit, he looks confident, and you know, this I never thought I'd say that we've got actually two confident, productive wingers. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. That's key for me at the moment is the fact that we've actually got players in the final third who look to be in form. Uh, our, yeah. our form players in, in recent years have either been centre-halves or Ruben Nevers, haven't they? Or, or Jose <laughs> Sarr. It's, it's nice exactly, to actually, yeah. we've got two attacking players who are who, who are in good form. And we already mentioned him earlier, Mateus Cunha. I know he's not got the goals against his, his talent this season, but I, st- I still think he's he's in form. He creates a lot. His ball-carrying yeah. abilities is second to none. And um, he'll he's be again on Saturday. Sunday. He's in te- he's integral to how O'Neill wants to play. He's re- yeah. he referenced that pivot. Like Gav got a good that really good analogy with Firmino earlier. Is it it is like he drops in and lets the other two just go, and he's that link between the midfield and attack, which we've lacked when we had Neves and Matinho. They yeah. were so artistic and they were so this, but they lacked the mobility to be the connection between the two. It was always give it to Adama. Before that, it was lump it over the top for Jota. Yeah. So Kunja's so important to being the link there. And tomorrow, on Sunday, he will occupy Kamara and Louise. Whichever two of them sits there, one of them, Joe Gomez will move forward, Lamina will sit. So those two are already occupied by our players, which then frees up. Then Torres, Con- I don't rate 
Torres very much. Conza's a decent defender, but they won't know whether to go or whether to stay because he's yeah. just so hard to pick up because he floats between the lines. Yeah, Pau Torres did, uh, has come with a bit of a reputation on the back of that Villarreal bandwagon of a few like sort of good European adventures, but he hasn't really stood out so far. Obviously, losing Tyron Mings to long-term injury is a is a blow for Aston Villa. Obviously, Emmy Martinez has stepped up with the captaincy. Who else in that sort of team can concern you? Or, or, or who do you think we can exploit, uh, Gav? I think. Depending on how how far he gets up on on Sunday, it would probably be Matty Cash to be honest. Um, you know, as 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 good as Nori's been recently, there's still a question mark on the de- on the defending. And to be fair, he's been he's been great. I, I've I've had no problems with him. It's just uh, maybe the lapse in con- concentration. I mean, against um, Brighton, you know, the first goal came from Matty Cash running in behind uh, the Brighton left back, and then he puts a ball in across to to Watkins. So it's just being a bit. It's just just about being sharp in those, in those positions, really. Um, so yeah, cash for me probably. Yeah, I've 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 never been a massive fan of uh, Matty Cash. I, I was yeah. on a Villa podcast about maybe a year, year and a half ago, and I was, you know, I was, I was calling him Matty Gash at the time because I just feel <laughs> like he's he's a good he's a good uh, Premier League right back, but I don't think he's a sort of right back that if you're going to be pushing for sort of top six top four is I think he's a player that can be exploited I think he's he's got a lot of pace but I still think defensively he's a bit suspect whereas Luca Dinu on the left for Villa is a very good crosser of the ball but I don't think he's got the pace to to cope with our right hand side whether it's Smado yeah. or, or Huang and then if uh, Cunha doubles up with them I think that is definitely that that side of Villa's defence, Dinya and Torres. I think if we can get in behind there, or you know, just quick one twos either side of them through the passing channels, I think that's the, the area that we can definitely exploit on Sunday, yeah. Dean. Yeah, totally agree. Like the both fullbacks would be your ones because of Emery like in this midfield box that he does now and again, where he makes it like a midfield four in a box. You've got the the fullbacks are exploited. So a lot of them, they what they and they want to bomb on a little bit like Lopetegui did at Sevilla. The fullbacks, they just attack. So if you've got Dina, who yeah, he's class on the ball and his delivery is excellent. But if we can get twos on ones against those two, that's that's the place to look at. You're looking at the quick release. You look look at the the second goal against City. Classic example: left back bombed on, Kilman's got it, knocked it over the top for Samado. Cross has come in. That has to be your out ball, I think, in behind the fullbacks. I was impressed with um, Max Kilman. I've made it clear <laughs> over the years on the fan cast now that I've not been Max Kilman's biggest fan, but I was yep. impressed with the way that he, he, he defended. I thought it was a bit. Uh, I was a bit nervous with him back on the right side of our defence on on Saturday against City. But obviously, a lot of his best fixtures for Wolves have been on that side. The way he carried the ball out from from the our own half in the first half with that step over and then winning the free kick. Hey, that didn't get a yellow card. Still uh, bewilders me, but no, no, he, yeah. he it's where the five comes in. A bit of form, doesn't it? It's where the five helps you because it frees Kilman up to go. Marauding, he hasn't got to worry yeah. about it. He can carry that ball and Totty can. They can. They've all just got pace, the haven't they, to bring the ball yeah. out? I think like uh, people have compared sort of um, Totty to like Ella Kobe recently, but I feel like Totty's got so much more ability with the ball than what. Yeah, exactly like, I, just, right. I just, I just like, I just love um, Totti's. He's, he's resilient, and you can just tell he every every single challenge is with a hundred percent. There's, there's no fear of him. I love his resilience, Totti. Yeah, he, he came through as a left back, so he's got to be decent enough on the ball. Because he didn't, he didn't start as a centre back. He was a left back at um, Estoril. 
Yeah, and Lopetegui and, played him there all season, yeah. didn't he? Left back, so he was comfortable with him having the ball in that position, wasn't he? So, 100%. you know, yeah. Few comments, uh, shout out for Totti. Um, yeah. It'll always be Matty Gash on the inside <laughs> for still with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is no sort of proper rivalry. It's a social media rivalry, isn't it, with, with Villa? Yeah. Um, the, the the concern for me is, is that we have got a bit of a hoodoo over Villa, haven't we? Look at the recent sort of years. I think they've only beat us once at Molyneux, and that was during the pandemic season. That yeah. hoodoo you'd think would like to come to an end. Well, you wouldn't like to think would come to an end, but I've been saying that our hoodoo's over the Albion's got to come to an end at some point, and that just seems to drag on, doesn't it? Is, is there any fear? That Villa could get a result for you on on Sunday, Gav. To be fair, before the before the City game, I actually thought I was talking about this hoodoo and stuff that Villa have, but we have over Villa. I actually thought that the they were going to beat us before the City game. After the City game, it's literally just come, changed everything. My whole mindset on this on this team, I just changed. I just changed over one result. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy how one result can just change your whole perspective of things. So. I don't think they will. To be fair, I think I do. I do back us to win, but um, I think I think it'll end up being a draw. To be honest, yeah, just bipolar wolves. That's what we are. I mean, we one win, one win, and we're back in the title race again. I said if we, yeah, we, yeah. we, if we beat City at the Etihad, we win back in the title race. We <laughs> <am>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a tough game. Villa are in form. You, you, Brighton is still one of the best teams I've seen at Monia the last couple of well, last two three seasons, and for Villa to put six past them. Um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. Where, where does your sort of score prediction end up on Sunday, Dean? 2-1 Wolves. I'm going okay. for, I think. Um, I think we've got... The, 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 the mindset for me changed because last week showed that they've got, like, the cojones about them. Like, I didn't think they had that digging mentality to just, like, grind out the result and come back again because we've seen it so many times this season we've started well but then when someone's not gone against us we've then gone down the other way this is the first one where we've kicked on again and they'll take a lot of confidence from that and they'll know you know what we can do exactly the same now we can really take the game to Villa and Villa will be confident but again yesterday we'll take some out of them as well like we you know it's quite funny this time what four years ago where we did the Besiktas and you know, yeah. City yeah yeah um so I think, but I think they was at home. It was a bit of a lethargic performance for the majority of it. They've got a couple of fitness doubts. It's a decent time to attack them going into the international break. Yeah, it's massive. If we can go into the international break on the back of another three points, it's it's big for Gary O'Neill. It's big for the the, the, the team belief as, as a whole. I hope we can get the win on Sunday. What's your score prediction, Gav? Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I think it's going to be a cagey game. I think... I think Emery knows that if he if he goes for it, then he's going to be exposed at the back. Was you know even Pep mentioned it was Neto Cunha Huang on the transition. We're going to be going to hit him hard. <laughs> he didn't say Wang, did he? The Korean oh guy. yeah, the Korean guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> He, he literally um, he set himself up, didn't he? I, I said it in our WhatsApp group before the game. It, I said it was all set up for um, a, a Huang 1-0, but we ended up with 2-1 in the end. That, that whole game was scripted, wasn't it? I mean, Nunes coming back, getting booed on every touch, getting hooked at half-time. You know, Pep forgetting Huang's name and then Huang scoring the winner. It was just, it was just meant to be, wasn't it? Uh, last week. Yeah, um, Gary O'Neill. Yeah, I'll go for one, one, one for the game me. as well. One, yeah. one. Gav's going for. Um, like I mentioned, I had a bit of a verbal battle with some Villa fans on the train after the the game last night, and um, they they were very sort of not not demoralised. They were they were a bit disheartened um, after the game last night, and the one guy said they'd be happy with a draw on on Sunday, and that's when my sort of um, 
spiny mm. senses tingled for a second because I was like eating that up to a degree. Um, he, he looked at me and said, um, you'd take a point at, at Wolves on Sunday, wouldn't you? And I was like, no. And he was like, you want to take a point at Wolves? I was like, no, because I want three points off you lot on Sunday. That's when he <laughs> flipping clicked that I was Wolves and I was outnumbered by um, a good five or six uh, Villa fans. <laughs> all, all obviously bigger than me because everyone's bigger than me, but... Hopefully we can we can get the win on Sunday. I think that the fact that they they'd be happy coming to Wolves on the back of beating Brighton six one, and just how impressive they've been under Unai Emery since he's taken over. That they should be looking to come towards getting a win on Sunday. If they've got yeah. any hopes of finishing top four this season, they've got to be coming to Molyneux on Sunday and getting the win because I don't, I don't think they'll finish lower than than six or seventh this season. I nah. think that they've got to be a momentum as a club. Um, I think it's a failure if they, if they if they don't finish in the top seven. Really, was the yeah. the money that they spent. Um, yeah. I think anything below top seven, I think they've got to be asking questions, really. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 he did say so. All all Villa fans would would bite your hand off for another top six finish, but yeah, I don't feel there's that many teams. That I, I think it's Man City, Arsenal, <laughs> Liverpool, top three, and then I think it's between Newcastle, Villa, and Tottenham for the fourth place this season. So I, I don't see why Villa can't be pushing for that top four. But obviously, yeah. they've, they've not they've not got as much belief as. I would have as a, as, a, as a Villa fan, but that's probably just yeah. their their mentality. Isn't they're it, like, isn't it? they're like where we were four years ago. Like we got that seventh, but yeah, where where Foson have like put the anchors on a little bit back then. Their owners put the money in the pocket and they've gone again. So they need to keep delivering. Yeah, uh, Andrew Knight has said, "I'd love nothing more than a clean sheet. It would do the defense the world of good." Um, yeah. Mike Evans has asked, "Will Jean Rick Bellegarde be available after the?" The international break. I believe this is his yeah. last suspension last game. game, isn't it? So yeah, it it'll be interesting to see um, how Gary O'Neill sort of incorporates Belgard back into the, the team after the international break, especially if we get a win. Because you know, Gary O'Neill, um, he had a dream to you know, back Lamina's Lamina's on four bookings, so he'll get booked and he'll miss yeah. Bournemouth. Then Belgard will come straight in for Lamina, yeah, I reckon. I or Lamina's on four, um, Samaido's on four, and Jao Gomez is on three as well. Oh, so yeah. There is there is room for for Balgard's coming, but Bubgar Troy already did well when he came on he against did. Man City as well. He did. He's done yeah, well. He, came, he's come he, on. he he knows his job, doesn't he? he? Comes on, he knows what he has to do. He wins the ball back, and he's got he's quite he's quite quick, isn't he? For obviously he's a big lad, um, but he does he, he's, he's a good ball carrier to be honest. Yeah, I think with Bellegard with Bellegard coming in for Lamina though, if we're going away to Bournemouth and afterwards, so yeah. You're going to want to go a bit more attack minded. So if you have Bellegarde in there, you have like you could even play like a, a 4 3 3 and have kind of two attacking mid minded midfielders and have Gomez as the sitter. Yeah. And go on a little bit more. That's another big game coming up, isn't it? For Gary O'Neill, obviously, um, what's his name? Iriola, ain't it? The Bournemouth yeah. manager. Harry, his, job, his job's on the on the line at the moment, according to. They haven't won a game, have they? Yeah, I think they haven't, have they? Have they no, won a game? They just drew three, aren't they? Or drew three yeah. or four? Yeah, I was. Uh, like, yeah. I read on Twitter earlier that some Spanish clubs was looking at offering him a job if Bournemouth uh, get get rid of him. Almira. That's a big game. He'll want to put a, a marker on Bournemouth on Gary O'Neill the way he was was sacked. Yeah, yeah let's look again quickly at the uh, the game week eight fixtures. Um, what sort of Brighton Liverpool Gav? Where do you where do you stand on that going on Sunday? Uh, well, I think Brighton a bit of a bit of a sticky patch, haven't they? Obviously, they were two 0 down to Marseille. Um, but then obviously pulled it back two two, so they'll be, probably be a bit on a high coming off the back of that. But um, should be a good game. I don't know how to call it to be honest. I'd probably go Liverpool if I had to if I had to choose someone. Um, but yeah, it would be a great game to watch to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Liverpool probably just edge it. Brighton do seem 
to have come a bit unstuck. Obviously, the way that yeah. Unai Emery set up Villa to to batter them last weekend <laughs> will probably be watched a lot by the likes. I of think they were a bit unlucky lot. last week, though. To be fair, I mean, if I don't know if anyone believes in XG, but yeah, um, the XG the XG was so similar. I think Villa had one point nine. I think Brighton had one point seven, and you know, I think Villa scored like two deflected goals, three deflected goals. So yeah. I think six one was a bit harsh on them. To be fair, so. I think it's just one of them, like the like the um, the Sheffield United game getting battered eight 0 Sometimes it's just a one off, isn't it? Yeah, let's have a look at the fixtures again. Obviously, Man United Brentford. Gav uh, had Man United Den as his banker. Yep. Um, the other game that's uh, interesting for me. There's some really good fixtures on Sunday, isn't that? West Ham uh, are in a really decent form at the moment. James Ward prowsers really made me eat humble pie because I was saying he wasn't worth anywhere near the money that West Ham spent on him. Um, Newcastle, massive win over PSG the other night. I had Newcastle to beat PSG 2-1 on the Super 6. I never saw 4-1 coming, um, but Newcastle just met me jealous. They're the club that we should be, the momentum that yeah. they've got and the owners that are willing to spend. That that should have been us. We should have been the ones having those European nights. Where do you think yep. uh, that game will be won on Sunday, uh, Dean? West Ham, Newcastle? See, Newcastle, are they either going to be riding the wave from PSG or they're going to come crashing back down? And I really don't know where it's going to come. But David Moyes is, they're at West Ham are at home. They're always decent enough at home. I know Antonio has an injury doubt, I think. So it depends who he's going to play up top. Like Bowen's on fire, as the song goes. Yeah, like um, Danny Dyer. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I put, I think Newcastle will carry that wave on. I think they'll get a result. I think. Um, I think it'd be close though. I've only got a goal or so in it. The interesting one for yeah. me was Everton Bournemouth. Oh, definitely massive yeah. game. That is. Everton yeah, at definitely. home again. Yeah, yeah. Everton at home to Bournemouth. I mean, I don't know which uh, Twitter channel it is, but when when the Everton fans go live after a defeat, it's literally you have to, <laughs> you have to set aside a good half an hour to enjoy that day. That I got. To be honest, you, you would be an Everton fan. Yeah, Twitter spaces. You, you, yeah. you would as an Everton. You'd be so livid the way their clubs being run and the way it's looking like going. If they get relegated and have to spend their first season in the Championship in a new stadium, it's got disaster written all over it. Yeah, it would be so good. They've been, they've, be been, so they've been cool. on that tightrope for too long, haven't they? They, they? they need to go down at some point. Everyone goes at some point, aren't they? Happened to Villa, happened to Sunderland. If you start floating around the bottom for a couple of years, you end up getting sucked in, don't you, at some point? There'd be nothing better than watching that fume of watching Everton go down. <laughs> like, I'm going to channel my energy foul here. I'd absolutely love it if Everton went. Because <laughs> they're just, they've, they've got the, all the FFP stuff. They've, yeah. they've spunk loads of money and got nothing for it. They're actually a horrible team to watch. It's proper Brexit ball dodge stuff. It'd just be beautiful to watch them go. Inevitable, really, I think. It's been coming, hasn't it? Obviously, the yeah. way that they're... Uh, you can't knock that machinery. He spends a lot of money, but similar to what similar to Wolves, it, they've spent it so badly in, so, in, in a lot yeah. of transfer windows. And um, like I said, it's, it's, it's coming to reap what they've uh, sown over the years, hasn't it? They should have went down, not last season. Well, last season and the season before. Somehow, yeah. like Leeds and, and whoever it was last season, uh, the season before, ended up crowbarring Everton out. So, hopefully, they'll <laughs> go down this season. Um, Dean, we've got a bit of an, an announcement to make, haven't we? That you've signed to join uh, the Wolves fancast team in next weekend's uh, Content Creators yeah. Cup at the uh, Wolves Dome. Uh, the, the group draw was announced uh, earlier on this week on Monday. Uh, obviously, Dazzling Day for the Always Wolves uh, alongside the Wolves Foundation. Group A uh, is Talking Wolves, uh, the 77 Club, 
Jason Guy's Wolf Whistle podcast and the Wolf Pack. That is literally the the group of death. I think anyone could win that group um, from the people that I've saw announced in those teams. Um, the favourites have to be uh, Jason Guy and his, um, his absolute ringers, who is somehow crowbarred in, who have got no association with his podcast whatsoever. He thinks, oh, I'm fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> group B is Wolves Fancast. We're starting off our campaign against the Wolves staff. And then Wolves Foundation have got a team and now will be starting off against Always Wolves. It's a charity fundraiser for the Wolves Foundation. You can help us fundraise and donate at www.justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash content creators cup. How's your mindset? How's your legs going into this uh, this tournament, Dean? Well, I've got a fitness test to pass on my ankle first. Um, but yeah, it, it's all good. I think... The Wolves staff will probably be the favourites because I'm guessing they've got some right ballers in there. Um, depending on where they're pulling them from, is it the media team? Is I don't know. Is it's one of the people not on international duty going to turn up? Technically, <laughs> it's Wolves staff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did see. Um, I, I watched uh, a quick clip of the Wolves under twenty one game that's live on their YouTube channel at the moment, and Bruno Jordan looks sharp in the clip that I saw. Yeah. It just absolutely rifle the shot just wide. Maybe it'll feature for the Wolves staff because he needs the minutes, doesn't he? Um, I think, I think, I think it'll, be a, it'll be a great you, event. You've it'll got a few, event. a few from the Wolves media team. There'll be a few like staff members, but I'm back in the Wolves fancast to get out of the group. We've got. Uh, agents talking to Gav's team about trying to crowbar him in. There is a player that we've got signed, but he hasn't passed his um, his medical yet. If that that medical does fail, we're going to be pushing for a, a late move for Gav. So, like I just mentioned, www.justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash content creators cup. You can kiss your chances of getting up that group goodbye then if I'm playing on your team. Gav, you're taller <laughs> than me. You can go and go. Worst yeah. case scenario. <laughs> Um, thanks for joining us on tonight's Wolves Fancast at Wolves Fancast with Audi Network and uh, the Boston Coffee uh, Vending Company. Thanks for joining us. Please press the like button before you leave. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We'll be back on Sunday to uh, hopefully talk about a good result over Aston Villa. Thanks for Gavin Dean joining me. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Catch you later. And when you see the quality individually that they have, Neto with Cunha or with uh, the Korean guy. No comment, no comment.